What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Double Down Debates. As always, I'm your host, David Thompson, and on today's pod, I had first-time guest Tom Handel join the show. We briefly went over the latest happenings in the NBA, then swung right into our main topic of the day, who we think the top 10 NBA players are heading into Disney to conclude the season. It's a cool one. Enjoy! Double Down Debates begins in 3, 2, 1... All right, Tom, thanks for joining me, man. Um, it's your first time on Double Down Debates. How's it feel to be on the show finally? It feels good. It, um, you know, I should have been on earlier, but, you know, things happen. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I think this is great timing, really. I mean, basketball's kind of ramping back up. There's news coming out. They're getting their corona tests, and uh, they're getting ready to bubble up in Orlando. So I think this is a pretty good time. Um, you know, yeah, it's a good, it's both a good and a bad time to be a basketball fan right now, considering <laughs> all the stuff that's happening in Orlando. But yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been a bad time the last few months. And so today we're gonna be talking about we made top 10 lists, but we put it in the frame of not just oh, top 10 players in the NBA, but top 10 players that are going to be in Orlando playing in July through October, if you're a finals team. So that's kind of how we pinned our lists. Um, but before we get to that, I kind of wanted to say, just to sort of frame this a little bit with the news going on in the NBA recently, is just today the NBA officially announced their kind of plan for the, the plan that we already knew for Disney reopening, but the NBA is actually finally talking about it, like their official accounts, not just ESPN and Sports Illustrated and New York Times reporting on it, but at the NBA itself is talking about it. And they also came out and said that they've tested – so they have a bunch of coronavirus testing right now, COVID-19. Um, like this, they're kind of just screening right now because everyone's getting back to their home base, like wherever their team's located. And then they're going to all go to Orlando sometime in July. But right now they're testing everyone. And in the first wave of tests, 302 NBA players tested and 16 of them tested positive. Um, yesterday we found out that a few notables, uh, Nikola Jokic, Jokic actually has not come back to the United States yet, but he tested positive. Um, skinny Jokic caught, caught COVID-19, unfortunate. Um, skinny Jokic, skinny <laughs> a key part of my list. Oh, really? Okay, okay. <laughs> um, Jer- Derek Jones Jr., the rightful slam dunk champion, not Aaron Gordon. Thank you. Um, Buddy okay. Heald. Let's Alex- just continue. We'll just continue to keep going. <laughs> we, could, we could do a whole hour about that, but go on. <laughs> Buddy Heald, Alex Len, and Jabari Parker. Um, yeah, so some notable people. I, I kind of feel weird, honestly, about knowing who has it. You know, part of me, it's, it's, it's interesting to know, like, for sure. I guess as, like, a, from a reporter point of view, as someone who would be maybe covering it, like, I get where these people covering it are like, yeah, we want to tell the people who has it. But it doesn't really matter outside of maybe if they're on your favorite team or just, you know, personal interests, like, just, to, just that Jokic has it. He's a big name. Just big names having it. I don't know. It seems a little weird to me. Because I don't feel like most of these athletes really want people to know that they actually have it. Because I think it might be even just like it's embarrassing, a sign of weakness. So I don't know. But I'm taking it for what it is. Those are the names that we have. Um, probably some more will come out as time goes on. Um, but So that, that was five. Eleven others have it. And that's only a 302 NBA players. That's not everyone yet. But that was at a 5.3% rate of people having it. So, I mean, not too bad, honestly kind of my thoughts on just the reopening and the restart in Orlando is this is unsurprising. They were expecting, you know, cases to happen. This wasn't something they were like unexpectedly um, looking out for, but it's just, 
get it out of the way now, have them quarantine, see how it goes, and then just hope because they're going to have testing so much. I mean, I read there's going to be like 15,000 tests they're going to need to for the whole reopening of the NBA, which is unreal because then they're going to be tested every other day once they're in Orlando and play has started. So it's going to be a constant, constant testing over and over and over again. So I think if they just keep up with the testing, keep making sure that people stay safe, the ones that have it, isolate them, let them come back once they test negative. And I think they have to test negative twice. Yeah, they do. They have to test negative twice to get back into where they can join the team again. So they're being pretty precautious about it. It's in that in today's you know world, I mean, Florida shooting up, which is kind of unfortunate considering right. that we're yeah. inviting the entire NBA to join us in Orlando. Um, which is like it now, now it kind of looks bad, even though who knows how they'll actually be affected because it is they're going, they are going into a bubble. They're not going to be roaming around for the most part. It seems like anyway. Um, right. And I've heard the biggest concern, the players, the NBA has done a good job of um, letting players know that they don't have to come. Um, it is completely within their right if they do not want, wish to continue the season. Right. Some notable players that are, you know, whether they're concerned about injury or, uh, you know, future contracts, such as Davis Patons, who was a key part of Wizards, uh, yeah. now looking like a more and more unlikely push into a playoff seed. Uh, Bojan Bodanovic uh, dropped out because of, uh, you know, long-term injuries. Uh, right. So the NBA has done a really good job of letting players know that, um, you know, they, they, are not for, they are not forced to come. This is not uh, that they're trying to be as safe as possible and understanding. Uh, the main issue doesn't lie with the players, I believe, but um, the, the workers that will be um, at the site of the so-called bubble. Yeah. Uh, the Disney workers who I, I believe are, are allowed to go in and out. So that's where the, the question is really when it comes to safety. But as it pertains to uh, the staff and the, players i think the nba has done a good job so far especially yeah. considering the circumstances yeah and i mean exactly considering the circumstances and looking at other sports coming up in the fall like football i mean nfl ncaa football i don't get it i don't see their plan i mean this and there's going to be a an overlap where there will be nba happening while those sports start up and they're not i don't see a bubble situation going on with any of that i mean college football seems like a mess I can't, I can't imagine how college football is going to work. I, I'm excited to see it just when it starts happening. But NFL, they could maybe bubble, but they have, no, they have no plans of that right now. You know, they're just taking precautions. They're taking precautions, but they're still planning on having their season somewhat normal while taking, you know, social distancing and all these things into account. But I'm not seeing the – I mean, the NBA has freaking moved mountains to make this happen. You know, like they are right. really trying to get it to happen, make it be very safe. And, and people are still arguing the safety of the NBA. Like you just said, it's a very good point. The, the Disney employees that, you know, they're, they're not necessarily invited to be just staying cooped up in the bubble and they want to go yep. home to their families in Orlando. They just work at Disney, you know, they're probably practicing social distancing, but they are leaving the campus and then coming back on. So it is a concern, but compared to other places like the NFL specifically, who's like kind of the biggest American football league, I'm not seeing any kind of movement or um, backup, like some plan B's for what they're going to do if, if they need to form some sort of bubble. And I don't think they have any intention to, which is kind of frightening to me, where the NBA, I think, is making a lot of good steps. They're going to be playing through October like this. So it's full, like, they're not any plans to kind of go away from it. I know they're even talking about next season. They don't know when they're going to have fans back in the arenas, even if they still go, they, yeah. Even if they go back to, you know, I mean, playing in their home arenas. 
Yeah, and I always thought that was interesting about the NFL. Maybe they're maybe the organ organizations are hoping that if they start later, um, the COVID situation won't be as bad. I don't think that's likely. Yeah, I always thought it was funny that I mean, I mean the NBA doesn't really have any experience when it comes to playing in neutral, you know, neutral, uh, you know, neutral arenas. Yeah, the Super Bowls usually hosted at specific spots. I thought the NFL would have some experience there, but uh, I also know that the M- MLB, I believe, are still going to. Um, home and away cities yeah. I believe they're playing and which is just I think you know baseball is a bit different because um you know it's not necessarily a full contact sport but you know still being around a team for so long you, you know yeah. the, the fans all these things will still make it incredibly dangerous especially so I think the NBA has done the best job considering I is it necessarily completely safe i don't think so but i think when it comes to the circumstances at the end of nba has done a good job and there have been um epidemiologists and professionals who have um fauci itself have actually said that it's not yeah. a bad plan so yeah well, exactly i mean just playing the comparison game it looks way better than say the mlb who is planning to come back but yeah they aren't I, at least i haven't read much on what their plans are exactly i know i just saw they're gonna do what like a 60 game season or something like that which is like you know way lower than their normal like 162 yeah. season um might have to yeah. be watchable <laughs> yeah, i was actually thinking that you know 60 games mlb sounds actually pretty interesting because then it's like <laughs> all right every game counts you know not it's not they're playing two games a day and it's like wait who won which game of the day like i don't know man i i used to play baseball but i could never really get into watching it just because so slow we have, and we don't have attention spans david it's not yeah. it's not classic baseball man <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah anyway the nba is doing well um another person who uh decided to sit out was avery bradley you didn't mention him when you were kind of going through some players that didn't sit out he's he's a guy in the lakers who was i mean some could, arguably could be a pretty big loss um theoretically even though i did just read a stat where they're this season he set out 14 games and they were 13 and one in those games so i think some people might be overstating what they're missing with him but he he's sitting out because i think his son has like some res- respiratory issues so they just and i that's perfectly understandable you know you don't want any kind of risk and and he doesn't want to be away from his because he knows the lakers are probably going to go far you know at least maybe to the conference championship so he doesn't want to go be there for months be away from his you know family because his family won't be able to join him probably because of those concerns so you know, it's completely understandable. People don't want to sit out and it doesn't seem like there's going to be that many, you know, over the next, this past week, over the next week or two, we're going to, all of it's going to be sorted out. There hasn't been that many people sitting out. We've pretty much already named all of them who are planning on it. So, you know, the NBA is doing a good job. And I just saw Malcolm Jenkins, who's a um, NFL player saying, you know, he, he's not a fan of what they're doing right now. Like there's, he's basically saying how they need to be more precautious or like, I'm not playing, you know? So, a lot of <laughs> it's it's really going to be a mess come fall, but the NBA is coming back, and we are ready to talk about the players who will be back in Disney looking for an NBA championship, asterisks or not. You know, um, I don't think there's going to be. I mean, who knows? I think depending on who wins the NBA championships, some people say there's an asterisk, some people won't. Um, and it also that's the thing though. All right, swing right into this. I have kind of a theory of um, and kind of how I based my. Hold on. Before you before you give it to me, hold on. I'll be I'll be right back. I gotta tell someone to shut up. All right, Put no worries. Point. All right, we're back. So I was gonna say, kind of how I, I have this theory about this whole Disney relocation or you know restart to the season. 
There's been a lot of time I off. I can't wait. Whenever <laughs> you start a sentence with I have a theory, I have to I have to grip my desk. I have to close my eyes. <laughs> it's, it's like watching a tsunami come towards me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm buried in. My feet are planted. Give it to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is my theory. So there's been a lot of time off. And I've, I've thought about this. So you're going to be playing in Disney's Wild World of Sports, which are smaller arenas, you know, a little less grandiose than these big major arenas they normally play in. Um, there's going to be no fans, no fans at all. And they're only going to have, you know, teams, players of other teams could watch the games. They could not. Um, so they could be in a pretty empty arena. You know, after the first round, then families can join. So then family members could be in the arena to give it a little more of a, a sense of like there's a crowd there watching them and tuning in. You know, actually having eyeballs, real live eyeballs on them, not just the cameras. And my theory with this is if they are playing in front of basically no one, there's refs, there's coaches, there's all these, you know, officials, right? But they're playing in front of no one. Wouldn't it be, would it be crazy to think that players who are, who like are known for being good at pickup basketball, you know, that are kind of more loose with their games. They're not, they, they don't, they're not looking for fouls all the time. They can play a little loose and they put up buckets all the time. There's unstoppable when they play pickup. Wouldn't they theoretically be better in Disney than they would be in say front of tens of thousands of away fans? That's just what I think. And I think someone who I'm not going to say if they're on my list or not, Ben Simmons, who, you know, I like Ben Simmons. He is a guy who can't really shoot but it's very mental with him. You know, he has this mental hold back where he does, can't make free throws. He, does, he almost doesn't know what hand he's shooting with. Like he finishes around the room with his right all the time, but he shoots with his left. If he's in an open arena, I mean, sure, there's a millions of people watching on the camera and they know that, but there's no one actually in the arena watching them. Wouldn't it be a little more loose when we see someone like Harden just even being more open to shoot a lot and like try different things out and, you know, doesn't have to worry about if he airballs or does something silly, the boo birds coming down because there won't be any, you know, like they're just going to be talking to one another. Will the game look different? Will there be less maybe uh, bully ball or, or will there be more bully ball? I don't know. I think there's going to be, I'm curious to see if there is an effect on how the game is played because they're in these, you know, smaller gyms, the, the floor size will be, you know, up to par and they'll have the, you know, it's not, they're calling their own fouls or anything. I just think that the pressure will just feel different and the tone of the building will just be different where guys might be able to play a little more loose and, you know, players who maybe are a little shoot happy or like in, in some other cases, I mean, this would be a great argument for a possibly like a Trey young who I'm not really a fan of, but he's not going to be in there because he can't win any games. Um, so he won't be at Disney. He's not one of the 22 teams that made it because he can't win games, but Trey Young could probably play even better at one of these places because there is no there is no fans heckling or booing him when he airballs his second shot when someone was open down low. Um, so I just think that some players could really uh, benefit from having no fans around, and it could be somewhat maybe more enjoyable to watch in some ways if they're able to kind of play a little more free, have maybe some flashier passes. What do you think of my theory, Thomas? I I, I just can't wait to hear your thoughts, Tom. Did you buckle in? Was, was that okay? I buckled in. It wasn't terrible. You know, I, I, I didn't get whiplash or anything. 
Um, you know, just a classic <laughs> David Thompson, not only idea, but format, which is a wild idea. <laughs> and then followed up with the one-two punch, the, the, the crazy idea, followed up with some Trey, Trey Young slander. <laughs> just Correct. stuck him in somehow. You know, I don't know how much Hawks fans really uh, deserve that. You know, A little slander even... and then some bolstering of Harden and Ben Simmons. Yeah, pl- just yeah. something that really, you know, you're really giving it to me right An now. An important note is that I actually was just looking, because of this theory I kind of jumped up, I'm like, oh, let me go back. I was formulating my list. We had these, these top 10 lists of the players joining us in Disney. And I was like, oh, let me go on YouTube. And, you know, we see these um, highlights over summers typically. Not this summer, obviously. But typically over summers, we see these pickup highlights of these guys in, like, these New York gyms playing um, pickup basketball with each other. These NBA players. And it's unreal to watch because they're playing a little more fluid. Um, there's less oh, yeah. kind of structure to it. People are watching Mitchell Robinson shoot step backs and stuff. That's yeah. Fun. Uh, not Mitchell Robinson. He does not count. I- I- Hey, that's, hey, that's a gym setting. He was playing five on five. You're right. You know, you're right. The next Harden in the bubble. If the Knicks could get anywhere near. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We don't have to worry about him. So I was, yeah. My biggest thing is that, I mean, this is, I mean, part of what you're saying has been discussed before by lots of people, which is the the concept of, you know, the, the, the home away court uh, pressure, especially with fans and how they're thinking of replicating that. Uh, a lot of the ideas that have come up, whether it's some, you know, the additional foul, whatever possession, they're all. A little I hate ridiculous. all that stuff. By the way, ridiculous. Yeah, they they are ridiculous. Um, but there is something to that. Um, I think one of the biggest things. Um, I mean, when it comes to the NBA versus pickup, I think one of the biggest um, differences, and that's still going to be in Orlando, is probably how it's officiated and the yeah. foul calling. I think that's still going to be a thing. You know, you know, pickup. There maybe there's a bit more fluidity to it and physicality. Remember the thing. Remember the what happened back in the summer when Booker was calling fouls. Yeah, you know, yeah. Practice Dude, and everyone, that. everyone memed on him about that. No, so he wasn't calling fouls. He was saying they're doubling me, and he was super upset because they were doubling him during a pickup game. And and like, why are you doubling me? <laughs> Cry about it, Booker. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like, come on. So, but I think there's there's also there's also um you know other little aspects of the game that could really change. One of them, I think, which being you know players have described how there's certain parts of the game which may look easy, are really hard because of just like the sheer noise of the stadium. Right. You know, I've heard some players talk about how taking free throws, especially late in the game, mm-hmm. you know, it can almost look like the you know almost looks like the net and net and the rim are like moving while yeah. they're shooting the free throws just because of the noise and the pressure. Yeah, so and the crazy think, fans waving everything behind the backboard. Exactly. The clear backboard, you know, I can imagine. <laughs> so I could see um, definitely a bit of um, maybe foul call, maybe foul calls or maybe more accurate, less distractions for the refs. Maybe people shoot better because of less pressure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to swing a series. I still think the best ser- best teams are going to win. I don't think that – this the change in uh, scenery when it comes to Orlando versus whether people are playing in um you know their hometowns I don't know right. if that's going to swing a series too much especially when we get to like these one verse eights the two verse sevens yeah um, some teams especially when I think of teams like Utah and Denver with the high altitude their home games maybe they're they really enjoy the comfort of um high altitude play rather yeah. than Orlando which is basically like you know, you dig like one foot down in yeah. window and, and you get to ocean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely different, um, different settings. So, uh, I think I don't think it's going to swing up a playoff series. 
Right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I would tend to agree. Um, I can't imagine it swing a playoff series necessarily. I just think personal performance could be different. And I do think some teams could benefit it from it more than others. I mean, today we're talking players, but obviously each player has a team and we'll discuss kind of, I, I mean, definitely part of my rankings and I want to hear kind of what you, what your thought was when putting together your top 10, but a lot of mine was thinking I, I kind of, I would say I had some players that I think if they are like the best player on a team, I think I maybe reward them a bit more. And I think players who I think, I think under my theory of, um, you know, guys that maybe don't like less pressure and also just kind of maybe more free flowing, a little more fluidity of, of kind of this no fans around atmosphere. I kind of, I kind of put that into account. Um, you'll, you'll see. And I'd also just thought, I mean, I, I like my list a lot, but so what were your thoughts going into, like, what, what was your mindset or how did you kind of come up with your list before we get into it? Yeah, I, I took a look at a couple things. Uh, one of the bigger ones was just the amount of time off there's been. And I right. think this is going to be, you know, this can either be, I think the way I saw it for these certain players, this could either be a benefit, whether we're talking about like a load management rest situation for players that are, you know, have really had, have their nose to the grindstone or this could be a place where uh you know players could really get rusty after not playing for such a long time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i think this will actually impact uh certain players very differently and i really took that account in my list yeah i i put that into account a bit a bit in mine too and i'll kind of explain it as as a few right. of mine um kind of why i chose that yeah i agree with this, that kind of like this, the conditioning and even the maybe the experience of different things right the second thing I kind of looked into was that, you know, we're talking about the best overall players that are going uh, into the bubble, into the Orlando situation. But I really took a look at uh, playoff performance and impact because, um, you know, aside from the couple of games are going to be playing before the playoffs, uh, this is or this is mostly going to be, you know, playoff basketball that we're going to be seeing. Yeah. And um, I really looked at players that can really just turn it on in the playoffs and I put them high up on my list. Okay. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. I'd say most of the players on my list, which makes sense, most of the best players are on the playoff teams as of right now. I'd say most of the players on my list um, right. are playoff teams that we will see after the first eight games. So let's get mm-hmm. kicked off. So let's go in um, one to ten order. Tom, who oh. did you have? One that? more thing. Yeah, one, one more thing. thing. Uh, one more preface you... before he says his crappy top ten list. Let's yeah, go. yeah, I, I really got to – I really got to – um, explain yourself for this well more like having to put up with your list uh, <laughs> one thing when i looked at um you know because i unlike you I, I looked at a bit of stats um i looked at not stats for the whole season i looked at stats starting at the calendar year of 2020 um so basically okay. june 1st to when the when the uh season kind of trailed off it's about a 25 to 30 game sample size for all these i think it's just the most recent um sample size that we can look at for how they were most recently playing um towards yeah. the season end so uh yeah so all all my decisions i tried to make um into more of the back half of the season how they were doing how so kind of reflect how the teams were at the time so uh, cool. okay yeah like so it. You, do you want to do this first or do, do you? you go first tom you're the guest okay so first pick i don't think this is going to be too too difficult uh, I went with LeBron James. Nice. You know, yeah. Still the best player in the league. 
Yeah, I mean, Bravo. you know, the clap. I didn't do that good of a job here. You know, first seed, Lakers in the West, a tough West. You know, he's still the best player on the team with the great Anthony Davis. Uh, since June, uh, since, sorry, January, he is averaging 26, 8, and 10 on 51, 35, 70, and 60% true shooting. It's just one, just great numbers on a good team. Um, you know, he's been playing incredibly well. It's a good Lakers team. They're beating very good teams to be Milwaukee, I think, a little bit before season ended. Uh, yeah. just, just a team that's just been playing well the whole entirety of the season to a point where it's like, you know, it's, it's just hard to consider anyone else, especially. So I went with LeBron James, and I'm assuming that you had a quite a similar pick at number one. <laughs> I sure did. I had LeBron James number one, of course. Um, you know, similar reasons to what you said. Not going to kind of keep, keep harking on it too much. But, yeah, um, one of the best teams in the league, best team in the West at least. And, um, you know, good stats. I think one of his biggest stats of the season that I really wanted to point out was his assists. Um, he's averaging over 10 assists a game this season, which has been awesome to see. Um, you know, I, I love incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And something, you know, just to show how good LeBron is, is that, you know, over how many years is how he can kind of change his style from, from season to season, depending on what his team needs. Like people that say he's a bad teammate or that, you know, he needs other people. He can kind of conform to whatever's around him in some way. Like this year he's, he's been more of like a, a point forward. Um, and just a straight up point guard a lot of the times with Anthony and with Anthony Davis playing the four or the five and having when he's at the four having JaVale or Dwight down at the five having him at the point really helps things spread out you know um, not having all these big dudes nearing the paint where he's more out on the perimeter so you know he's had a great season right. uh, he's not going to win MVP I guess he'll still do MVP but I think if he had had more games in the eight games just leading up into the um, the playoffs at Disney, I think he might have had a shot. Because if you remember, right before things ended on March 11th, things were heating up for him in the MVP race. Um, Giannis obviously was ahead for most of the season. Um, right. But I, I really thought he had a chance. And it's unbelievable because, I mean, the dude's 35 years old. <laughs> you know, like this is it's unheard of. And, yeah, I still think – I mean, I'm a LeBron James guy, you know this, but I, I, he is still the best player in the league to me. Another one of those things was I was looking at YouTube highlights of, you know, um, pickup, like I was saying earlier. And when I was watching them, it was LeBron and KD were, were on separate teams, I think. And there were some other, you know, notable players there too. And I mean, just watching, I'm like, oh my gosh, these guys are just like on another level. <laughs> like oh, to yeah. me, I mean, and there was, I'm trying to think who else else was there. Um, let's like not ben get Simmons. too lost in the play, in the pickup. <laughs> yeah, mix. you're right. Well, I'm just trying to say, like, they, they weren't the only great, like, good players there or anything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, they were, absolutely. Like, like LeBron is just can be in so much control when he's the. Like, I love him at the point guard too. That's why I like the season so much out of him because I love seeing him at the at the point because I think he plays. I think he plays some of his best basketball. I think I like watching him play the point guard the most because I love you know, great passing. Um, I think he's a great passer. He's like one of the best passers of all time, really. And no one even really thinks about that because he's good at everything else. He's a Swiss army knife and it's awesome to see him being a point guard. And I love the assist rate. So anyway, LeBron James, number one, unanimous decision. Who's your number well, two? You know, as you said, he was playing point mostly. I just little, I mean, I, you know, positions are, you know, positions are positionless somewhat, you know, LeBron yeah. James can really play whatever when it comes to one, you know, playing the one he's great. I wouldn't want him guarding, 
ones necessarily. You are what you guard. I don't love, you know, he can still turn it on occasionally for a play. I just don't love him guarding uh, quicker, uh, quicker guards. It's one of my worries for the Lakers is perimeter defense. But in terms of just mm-hmm. as the player, LeBron James is just an absolute monster. Uh, yeah. You know, the efficiency is still nuts. He takes some, you know, late clock, long threes that are a little questionable, but I mean, he, he makes them at a decent clip. He's, yeah. he's a wonderful player, still a great passer. Um, you know, these, you know, these lineups with these twin tower lineups with AD and like Javelle or Dwight, you think wouldn't work in the modern NBA, but he, you know, his brilliance of finding his guys is just wonderful. Yeah. All right. True. You can take number two. Want me to start for number two? I think this is where we're going to split <laughs> immediately oh, at number two. Wow, already, huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, my number two pick, you're going to love this. James Harden is my number two player on my top ten list. And I'll tell you why. James Harden. Please, please, please <laughs> tell me why. Please tell me why. James Harden. I'm being patient with you because I am a first-time guest. Yeah. If yeah, this was th- my second or third appearance, maybe things would go a little bit differently. <laughs> Please lay it on me. James Harden is, I would argue, the second best player in the NBA. Or at, le- at least, I mean, you know, the uh. top four in my book could be pretty interchangeable depending on the night. But if you want a guy who can you just say, hey, James, man, we don't really have much around you. We're just going to go in this crazy small ball thing. Just go out there and, and give us 40 a night. He literally goes out and does it. And I don't think – I think this – back to my theory. See, I, this is where I kind of factored that in a little bit was my, my Disney theory about, you know, guys like a James Harden uh, maybe playing better now that there's no fans around and he might feel a little more loose. I think James Harden could be unstoppable you know, come Disney time. I think he's in great shape. He's lost some weight. I'm not sure if that would actually be a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) Skinny Harden. I think he's ready to move and play 48 minutes a night. Um, I don't see Uh, James. Well, if he was so good at Disney, he'd be on the Orlando Magic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I just think that, you know, factoring in time off, I think the the Rockets in a weird situation like they are going to be at Disney. I mean, it'll probably feel a lot similar, but they're small ball. He's going to shoot the ball a lot. He puts, he's averaging 34.4 points a game this season. Like, that's astronomical. And no one then talks about it because people just go, oh, you know, James Harden, he shoots so much. And, but he, I mean, he's shooting 43%. It's not terrible. So Okay. Okay. Are you done? <laughs> I'm not you got done. it all out of your system? No, no, okay. no. All right, all right, all right, okay. A few Let more things. A few more things. I think he's, um, he's had experience, um, maybe more than some others that you might be thinking of that's probably your number two. Um, I think that he is staying ready. He's a hard worker. He never gets hurt. Um, I, I just think he's, you know, he's really itching for the championship. Like, I think he'll come back with a fury that he knows that this might be, this might be the time to do it. Um, under these weird circumstances and with this team assembled with the crazy small ball with shipping out Clint Capella, having Russell Westbrook as his teammate, who's actually played better than most people thought. I think James Harden could be, um, maybe the guy in these games and could maybe even make a finals run. I don't know. You know, I think the rock rocket's such a weird team. I wouldn't be surprised by it. I mean, I think maybe everyone else would, but I'd love to see it. He's my second favorite player. Um, Anyway, Tom, what did you, who'd you have at number two? <laughs> okay. So currently the Houston Rockets are the sixth seed. Correct. They're six and four in their last 10. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. since January, January 1st, about 30 games, 25 to 30 game sample size. I believe James is on the upper side of that. Uh, Before I go into this, I I will say James James Harden is one of those players that I, you know, when it came to the break that we had due to COVID, I, I definitely painted it in a good light because he is a guy who plays so physically plays so many minutes yep and he you know he he does hone his craft he's such a hard worker that i think once he comes back he's going to be a fresher uh player um um the the houston rockets in their lineup right now it's interesting it's small when it first started when they traded clint capella and they started pj tucker at the five you know it was something that took the league by by shock it was working but it was something – it was petering out a little bit, I will say, towards the end of what became the regular season. And James Harden, in that stretch, was playing some, up, uh, you know, relatively poor basketball. And I believe was being outplayed by someone that – by one of his teammates that uh, I may or may not have on this list. Oh, okay. Um, in, in January – since January 1st, he has averaged 37-7. and seven. Good, yep. good box score stats with the with forty, thirty one, and eighty six splits. Yeah, he, his percentages percentage. could be better. Um, percentages are they're not good, and my worry is that he will be fresher in Orlando. But it's just, you know, when we get to the thing, you know, this is primarily going to be playoff basketball, and the, yep. the calls are just not going to be as abundant. And I think, you know, maybe he'll will he get shots off more? Will he make them more? Maybe I just his style of play just isn't conducive to championship basketball. I think it's conducive to playoff basketball. I think he'd be successful in the playoffs. I think he can get very far in the playoffs. I just don't think it's championship basketball. And I don't like the team too much that he has around them. They're good shooters. Individually, they can be decent defenders. I don't think they can stop some of the top teams. Like and you know, something, yeah, Sorry. something you said about, um, you know, they're, they're the sixth seed. They are the sixth seed, but they're only what? four games behind the two seed right now, the Clippers. So it's still like, it is tight there, one through six, or even one through seven to some degree. I mean, the West is pretty pretty tight all around. So I think they could move from six. They have eight games to move up a bit. So I don't, when I saw the six, you know, they're the sixth seed, I don't take that as too much of a knock against them. I mean, they've had ups and downs this season. They pretty much reworked the team after, you know, trading Capella. Um, right. like completely changing their offense to a certain degree. Now it's like basically five around nothing, and there's no more Capella down low to throw up lobs to, which is kind of weird because I got so used to seeing like you know Harden looking like he's gonna flip up like a floater and ends up Capella comes down um, with an alley oop. Right. So who did you have number two? I had Kawhi Leonard. Okay, twenty eight right. seven and five since January forty eight thirty seven eighty nine sixty one percent true shooting. This is just a player. I mean, he just came off the championship as a number one option. Um, limited, um, not limited, still decent sample size that I looked at, but, you know, someone who's all obviously been load managed. But I think in the time that he's been playing, has just been a monster. Uh, his, yeah. You know, in, in terms of defense, uh, his defense, it's still, you know, not quite where he was defensive player of the year because he's such an offensive focus now of, of the team he plays on. But I think, you know, if you want, you know, you want to stop at one position, he's still – obviously one of the best players to do it when it mm. comes to the perimeter just you know second seed I, I like the Clippers team I like the the wings I love the wing defense I love the depth 
which I think matters, and I think it's going to matter in Orlando. I think this is just a guy we really have to give. You know, he is the second best player in the league as he just won a championship, played an incredible uh, playoffs series uh, last year in terms of he was dealing with an injury. I think especially now with the load management, with the time off, I think he's an incredibly hard worker. I think he's going to be back uh, in decent, in pretty good shape. I just I couldn't I could not put him second, especially he needs to get the nod for the championship for leading. I mean, it was you know an incredibly good defensive Toronto team. I think I think when people look at that Toronto Buck series, they think of Giannis choking sometimes. I don't think that's fair since you know that the defense of that Toronto team with a smart Marcus All Kawhi, Spicy P, Pascal. Just an incredible defensive thing, but he was the offensive focal point on that. He is, you know, I had to put him second. Right. I like it. Yeah. Um, so spoilers, number three is Kawhi Leonard for me. Um, he's moving right along just because okay. we're just kind of moving, flowing with Kawhi Leonard there. So I have similar thoughts to you. I mean, he's still an amazing defender when he wants to. Um, like a lot of these guys, kind of when they want to to some degree. But I think when when the playoffs come around, I think Kawhi is always on his game. He's made pulling up mid-range jumpers a thing again um not right. not entirely but he's made them very proficient and and a thing again unlike some other people where it's like uh it's kind of part of their game but he loves it um it's one of the most unstoppable shots right. and when you get into jumper. the playoffs you know he's so incredibly strong you know he'll back up if it, if you don't have a decent wing defender on him he'll just back up he's incredibly strong oh yeah take a turnaround jumper and you know, a lot of the, t- you know, a, a very good percentage wise, it, it goes in. He's just, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a playoff style that I really, I really find successful. He's won championships pretty much everywhere he's gone. Yeah. It's he's just, a great free throw shooter. 88.9%, basically 89%. So what was your season. argument with James Harden over Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. So my kind of thought with that was, I just feel like Kawhi has, I don't know. This season, he's played well. He's coming off that big. I mean, last season, if we were in the middle of last season, I might it my list would have been different. But this season, going into Disney, I just felt that James Harden has just been on more of a tear. I think he's, um, I think he's just been a more impactful player, maybe even a more valuable player. Some would say. I think the Clippers, in my mind, have. I mean, they haven't let me down. I mean, I don't care about the Clippers really, but like as a okay. NBA fan. <laughs> As an NBA fan, I'm just saying I don't think they've necessarily lived up to maybe the hype that other people had for them. I, I don't really – I don't know. Not this is necessarily a knock towards Kawhi. I just like how, to me, when I watch the Rockets, even though Russ is there and he's great, and like you said, even later in the season before it stopped, you know, Russ was playing even better, um, sometimes better nights than Harden. But night in, night out, Harden is always the guy. And I, I don't know. I've seen some kind of – uh, not that great games out of Kawhi or just kind of some disappearing acts this season. And it might not even show up on the scoreboard, but just watching with my eyes. I remember seeing just some games where um, if it was kind of a down night, him not really being there. I'm sure playoffs when they come around, he'll be there. But with the Clippers, I kind of factored that in a bit because they have such a great team around him. He has Paul George to rely on. I'm just not sure I really buy that duo, because but there's been injuries and all of that sort of situation. So... I mean, really, I think the bottom line was I think James Harden is more valuable to his team, so I kind of put a value level in it. And I think he could just sometimes just be a flat-out better player when it comes to scoring, offensive proficiency. Um, and it, it was close. I'm not going to – I mean, literally my top four are 
somewhat interchangeable. This is just what I think are the best players going in and who I have the most faith in and who I think are going to perform the best, um, to be honest. You know, I, I just don't think Kawhi almost has to do as much as he did last season. I love Kawhi. I think he's a great player. And I think he's maybe the, he's probably the scariest player in the playoffs as someone who like maybe is rooting for the Lakers as I probably will be as a LeBron James fan, like Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers are killing me. (laughs) They're probably the scariest, but I'm not sure he's, I mean, I just have James Harden higher because I think he is a better player going into this, into the Disney series, the playoffs, because he can be a better scorer, more proficient. He has more, he gets more value to the team. He, they're relying on him a lot more James Harden I'm talking about than Kawhi Leonard so for those reasons that's why I gave it to Kawhi Leonard at three don't love the value argument I mean Kawhi has you know first option for championship teams I don't know what's more valuable than that right I just have such a hard time as of now putting a guy number two when his teammate has been playing better than him and you made the point about the small the small ball lineup and stuff and it's James. I believe James Harden has not been the biggest beneficiary of that. It's been Westbrook. Yeah. The guy's averaging like thirty-two, eight and six. Yeah. Over this span, he's been playing out of his mind. Yeah. And it's just I just have such a hard time putting someone to two when his recent you know his recent play has been bad. And I like his- it. I mean, and when you say recent, that was like months ago. So in my head, to some degree, I'm like, all right, we're going to kind of reset here. Who's going to come out firing? You, you already know James Harden doesn't have like those days off, really. He hardly does, unless it's like in May. Typically. He's got plays off on defense. Like, <laughs> like this guy, I mean, 40-31, you know, 40% from the field, 31 from three. These are not good numbers. And it will be better, but yeah, uh, it's just, you know, I get frustrated because James – you know, he has an unstoppable way of when it's on. He has an unstoppable play to, you know, to guard. Like, he, the step back three is one of the big, the greatest weapons probably in league history. Yeah. It's just not – doesn't exactly mesh with the playoffs. And when it doesn't work, he doesn't really change his game. Right. Um, he's a wonderful passer. You know, he's averaging seven assists. But it's just – I don't love the team. I think as brilliant as he can be, you know – the Lakers, you know, they have they have such interior dominance with Anthony Davis. I don't think the Rockets can stop that at all. They right. have they have good wing uh, defense. I do love Robert Covington, who's a great team defender. PJ Tucker is still good. Yeah, uh, they surprisingly guys. get rebounds. They board, which is like amazing. But they they do they don't get like crazy out rebounded as of yet. Anyway, maybe in the playoffs it'll be a little different. But yeah, so I think they're a decent matchup for. Um, they're a decent matchup for a lot of these teams they might see in the second round. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be – but I think when it comes to the, the best teams, I don't think they're – I don't think they're a real championship contender. Yeah. I think most like, – like, how is this team going to stop Giannis? Like, right. I guess my final thing – yeah, my final thing on Harden, I guess, is he's a guy almost taking, his, like, his team kind of out of it. You just throw him on a basketball court, and he's just going to be one of the best players out there. And I don't know. I, I just think – you know, the defense is something. The percentages aren't really there. It'll be better, though. He always comes out to play. He's always there. He's always ready. Always ready to play 48 minutes a night if you need him to. Um, he's never hurt. He's always... The minutes, the minutes Kawhi played were insane, too, and he played on an yeah. injury. I yeah, no. I mean, fair. 
Kawhi is three. You know, I think that was close for me. I almost put Kawhi two um, for okay. a lot of the reasons you said. The championship last season. But, I, I, you know, that's the thing. I felt like I was reaching to last season so much that, you know, I was looking at this season. And I'm like, eh, he's been good. He's been Kawhi. But James Harden has been unreal. I mean, it, it, at moments, he's like just has the best he? He's not at, at his MVP season. MVP, James Harden, I completely agree, is at two, and there's not a lot of conversation about it. He's not as good as MVP James Harden. It's just a fact. He's not. I mean, he's putting up more points tonight. <sighs> like, what else? <laughs> his, team's, his team's worse. Yeah. Who cares? You know? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think James Harden is – I'm not saying he's necessarily a better overall basketball player. I just like his – the prospect of his performance heading into Disney better than Kawhi's. I think he'll be a better player and mm-hmm. have more of an impact on the Rockets than Kawhi will have in the Clippers. Okay. Yep. All right. Should I just say my number three? Yeah, your number three. Giannis Antetokounmpo yep. at number three. Since January 29, 14, and 6. Yeah. 54% from the field, 28% from three, 67. It's the rebounds that kill me. The rebounds are insane. The assist numbers are insane for for a player like him. He's scoring. Yeah. Granted, also you got to remember the fact that he's not playing that many minutes a game, like five or six less than James Harden. Yeah, and other high profile players. Just a dominant Bucks team. Um, yeah, Giannis himself. I've heard reports that it's likely he's both going to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. He's got such an incredible presence on the floor on both ends. Yeah. Um, you know, his shooting, I wouldn't say necessarily has really um, improved. Mm-hmm. Um, his free throws, which were abysmal at the beginning of the season, have gotten a bit better, uh, which really plagued him before, uh, in past seasons. Um, but, you know, in terms of play, I just think is, you know, on a Bucks team where has been the best team in the league. And I don't really see a huge argument about it, especially regular season. Just yeah. dominating just dominating on both ends. Uh, great personnel. Uh, Giannis is leading it. And I just don't see a lot of debate about it. I love two-way players. I love players that can impact all parts of the of the court, all, all ends. Yeah. As a guy who's such an amazing rebounder, is a good scorer, great you know good at finding a man out of out of drives and just just i just had to put him at three as a pass mvp and probably gonna be this season as well yeah um i'm actually surprised you didn't have him higher i was expecting you to have him one or two um i'm not gonna lie i mean i i was honestly i was expecting you to have him at one just because he is probably the mvp oh come on what i don't know man i don't know like it it wouldn't be far-fetched i I wouldn't have been surprised if you had him at three i of course have him at four spoiler alert you know i'm not going to drop him any lower than that i think four is definitely the lowest end of Giannis i could possibly put him at and And this is this is a guy who like during the break he's going to be working out like 24 7 oh yeah i have no um, you know the only reason i didn't have you know the bucks play a great you know catch and shoot you know pat or you know pass around the key kind of kind of um offense it's you know but like you know, as Giannis is a go-to scorer in the half court, I'm still not – you know, he's good. I'm, he's just not quite as good as, like, the LeBron James and the Kawhi Leonard's. I just – you know, James it's Harden's not quite as good there. there. James, yes, James Harden in the half. Yep, I would put definitely put James Harden in there. So that's something that knocked him down quite. But I, he's I just agree. a player that I don't worry about at all being rusty coming back into the season. No. 
like he's kind of yeah i put him kind of in the same because they never know of Kawhi, man he he he's so like you can't touch him where you can't like you can't get in his head but you also don't know what's going on up there you know and it's like you can't just troll him on media because he doesn't do the whole social media thing which kills you it eats you up (laughs) god forbid he just played basketball (laughs) well i agree with what you said with Giannis. you know he's gonna show up ready um, and that's kind of my argument with James Harden a bit too, where they're always working, they're always ready, they're always kind of chewing to get back out there. They love basketball. And you kind of um, took what I was going to say with why I had him at four, you know, below LeBron, James Harden, and Kawhi Leonard is kind of because I still don't really buy him in the playoffs quite yet. I got to see it to believe it, man. I have to see it to believe it. Um, we've we've right. seen in, in past years, even last year when he was the MVP, like it didn't take all that much of some – like planning and scheming to really neutralize them in the seven games not neutralize okay. but but not, so, not, neut- not neutralize necessarily but like suppress him to aware that he's not he's not taking over games and like just being a wrecking ball like as he can be and i'm kind of just before you say what you had to say just why i have Giannis where he is i don't he's not he can't shoot jumpers i don't care what anyone says like in a playoff series i don't see him no. being like a lebron a james harden a Kawhi. Um, even some other players later down who are, you know, the real shooters. He's just, to me, it's just kind of like this, obviously the freak. He's like a skinny shack in a way, the way he plays sometimes. They can actually, yeah. you know, handle and run up and down the court. But he's, he, he just still uses his body so much. And I just don't really I – could, I could definitely see where the Bucks don't make the finals. And a lot of that's because of Giannis's, um, um, I guess, kind of holdups with his offensive game is what I would say. I think there's still some stuff there where – if he can, and I just don't, he's still not that fluid to me in his shooting where it's not this automatic thing with him. It's kind of like you're watching, it's like, oh, is it going to go in? And you almost feel like it's lucky when it does. Um, that's not how you should be feeling about when you're, when you're down six with a minute and a half to go and you need to catch up, you know, and you, you, need, a, you need a couple of buckets. You want guys, like we've already kind of said, in my opinion anyway. And, and that's the thing, though. The, the Bucks have been so great. They've been blowing out teams all the time. They haven't been in these tight situations. So I'm just not sure I buy him quite yet in the playoffs. Prove me wrong, Giannis. Prove me wrong. Yeah, I get all your points. It makes perfect sense. And I, you, you, you noticed that way earlier in the conversation when I brought up Kawhi, I laid down this little landmine of mentioning the Toronto team's defense that beat the Bucks because I don't, yep. I don't think it's fair to just knock Giannis on that because that Toronto team, that – that defensive squad was probably like statistically one of the best since like you know 2004 Pistons like this was yeah. not just like a choke job by Giannis I mean admittingly he can't he can't really shoot he will shoot though he will shoot the ball yeah you know, I've seen plays where he occasionally he'll do that little turnaround jumper which is I wish he would take that more at least practice that more because it looks unstoppable yeah but, yeah um, I get that I just you know, to your point of like whether you know Giannis can lead a team to I just don't see a team that can beat them in the East. Mm-hmm. Like, I could, I could see it. I could see the Sixers were built to beat the Bucks. I think we all know that. Yeah, the Sixers. I could... Um, I just the Sixers have been so on and off. I'm not a big fan of them. I was never a big fan of the Al Horford signing. I know that's. I can't. I can't claim that factually because I've never been on media before. But you can attest, <laughs> I didn't like that Al Horford trade. I, I didn't yeah. like. It. Yeah, I, I never liked it. I don't like the makeup of their team. I understand that. You know, a Horford Embiid um, front court in theory is something that can definitely stop Giannis along the lines of you know maybe a Toronto team comparing it to like a Gasol, Ibaka, or Gasol Siakam. I can definitely see the theory behind it. It's just yeah. that, 
you know. Yeah, Siakam's on real in defense. I mean, yeah, Toronto kind of, I mean, you know, you said the Sixers were built this season to stop Giannis. I think last year the Raptors just kind of fell in to being, you know, set up perfectly to stop him. Having guys you can switch on to him between Kawhi and Siakam, you know, great. I disagree, I disagree in a way because I think that Marcus Soltre definitely was had Giannis in mind. Okay, smart, that's a good a point. Smart, a smart center that won't get into foul trouble with Giannis flying down the court, knows where to be. Yeah, um, that's a great a very, point. Yeah, so I, th- I think the Raptors had in mind, definitely not to the extent that the Sixers have done. Um, right. But I just don't see a team that can beat – the Sixers are shaky. I definitely don't think the Celtics can do it. I think they're a bad matchup for the Bucks. I can you know? see where the, the Bucks could – I think talking about a rust team, you know Giannis won't be rusty, but a team that could have a little rust to them, you know, the Bucks are an older team. I don't – I don't love necessarily that like them hopping right back into it. You know, I think they might need to get the, mm-hmm. the gears rolling again because, and we're kind of overlooking how these guys have to get back in, you know, they're going to be together for like two weeks before they start playing games. You get back, you right. know, camaraderie. This has been months off. I mean, if you really, it's been, it's crazy. It's like season 1.5 because it's not quite 2.0. Like it's the next season, but it's really like yeah. a second season. And that's why I don't really know what we're going to get our hands on with. And I don't, the, the shakiness, I think, of, you know, Giannis in the playoffs still against the top-tier defenses and teams. And that might – you know, what's crazy about the East is, like you said, I mean, maybe the Sixers. But we, they have to figure out their own, you know, crap first before they can actually get there. But I think – you know, That's the an Bucks, understatement. Yeah. <laughs> but the Bucks might not even get to really be tested fully until the finals, which is crazy to say and kind of silly. Yeah. But it's true. You know, all of a sudden they're playing either the Clippers or the Lakers, let's say. I think the Lakers, you know, they have guys that they could throw at Giannis. Um, at least at least they at least have the size to match Do the they? box. Well, they have I Anthony mean, Davis. They get they have LeBron and Anthony Davis. I think those are two guys you can I throw. don't. If you put LeBron on on Giannis for any period of time, he's going to get he's gonna get gassed. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. Um, but I, at least they and have like brings, the size yeah. down low. You know, like they do. Yes, they do. Um, I don't love. I just man. Clip. If I were, this is a bit of an aside, but if I were Javale, I would drop out. I I would not play. <laughs> like all the <laughs> asthma stuff he has, he is right. a danger person. But you know, I I think the Lakers are a good matchup for the Bucks. But this is one of the reasons why I, I thought uh, highly of the Clippers. You know, you're completely right when uh, you know who knows who's going to be in shape, who's going to be playing well when we get back into it with such limited time, but. The great thing about the Bucks is that their depth. Um, you know, we've seen game. They've gone deep into the playoffs where they've gotten essentially nothing from Eric Bledsoe. Oh yeah. Um, so I don't think it's the end of the world if a, one or two of their guys just has such an off game. Whether you know Rockets yeah. wise, and I think hard. they're lucky they're in the East. You know, it's kind of like the old they LeBron are. teams um, where they can they have a, a a round or two to get warm. You know, I think, yeah. I think there's some good teams in the second round. They'll face some good teams in the East, whoever they end up playing, whether that be like, I don't even, I don't even know why there's a first, a first round. Yeah. In, or even the, the like who's the eighth seed right now for the magic. Like, Oh on. gosh. I mean, and the oh, Nets no. are probably worse than them. Cause they don't have anyone coming back. I mean, I don't, I, the yeah, East I is I mean, they're going to have, they're going to sleepwalk through whatever, like that first round is <laughs> second East. round. Oh, <laughs> it really is wow i'm just looking at it it's brutal <laughs> the east the east standings oh man yeah you got so teams I, like 30 and 35 30 and 34 yeah no it's 76 are the six seed you love your six seeds don't you <laughs> i do love my six seeds you love six your six seed seeds, magic. man um 
And the Sixers will probably go up from the sixth seed, I think. Um, I mean, we'll see. I think I the Heat could be competitive. The Raptors, I mean, the second seed, no one's – we're not – I'm sure no player – well, maybe. I don't want to spoil um, – maybe there's a player in the Raptors that made your top ten list. But, like, they don't have an obvious top ten player on their team, I wouldn't – I would argue. And they're still, you know, a great team, well-coached. But, yeah, anyway, I don't even know what number we're on. Giannis, I need to see it to believe it in the playoffs so far. That's my take on my number four Giannis pick. I think he will please you when he's hoisting the championship above his head and LeBron is walking to the, um, to the lockers with, with silent tears in his eyes. <laughs> um, I haven't said my number four. Okay, yeah. You'll like this. Number right. four, I have Anthony Davis. Wow. Wow. Above James Harden. Above James Harden. I love Anthony Davis in the playoffs. You know, those early Pelican teams, he didn't have a whole lot around him. A lot of people give him slack for not going far in the playoffs. He usually ended up paired with the Golden State Warriors, I believe. Just just bad luck draw. No one's beating that team, especially as a, you know, as a lower seed. Yeah. Um, When I looked up Anthony Davis's stats, especially in the the back half of the season, January, they are ridiculous. This guy has been (laughs) playing. He's been averaging 26 points, 10 rebounds, three assists. The shooting stats are 53% from the field, 41% from three, 83% from the line, 64 true shooting. This guy has been a monster. You know, I said before, love my defense, love my offense. Here's a guy who not only in defensive player of the year conversation, but is just a good post player, good passer out of it. Amazing lob catcher, which is going to be great with LeBron and Rondo. Remember the Rondo AD playoff magic that happened? <laughs> yep, yep. Swept the, I loved that team. Bring that it Pelicans back. Team. Man, yep. was that a good team. Who'd they sweep that. in that first round? They swept uh, the Trailblazers. Trailblazers, yeah. That, I mean, that was like, that's what made me think um, when you said, you know, Anthony Davis in the playoffs. That's what I think about, you know, he, him just putting the team on his back pretty much and just being unreal. Because I think skill-wise, um, not to steal your thunder with, with your number four pick here, or no. Yeah, we're, no, yeah, yep. we're on four. Number four. And, yeah. um, like, yeah, his his skill is arguably better than, like, a guy I, – I, it is better than a guy like Giannis. Giannis just has better physical tools, which is crazy because Anthony Davis' phys- physicality is still unbelievable. But um, I think something with Anthony Davis that, you know, it's been kind of – he's – I mean, not to compare him straight up to Giannis, I guess, but in that comparison where it is seemed like he's a more skilled player, maybe should be better, he's a little more veteran – um you, you do wonder his kind of ticker sometimes with you know he wanted out of the pelicans you know just kind of what's going on upstairs Giannis seems like very um loyal and just wants to win you know and anthony davis may be get distracted some nights but he's still i mean he's an unreal basketball player i'm surprised you have him at five unreal. I, i'm really surprised. i just I, I just love him you know if i have anthony davis in a playoff series i'm happy like that's a certain mm-hmm. sense here's a guy that i know is going to get his points i know is going to help the team play yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to versus Giannis, I still think Giannis is the best, uh, the better offensive player. Giannis around the rim is just, you know, shack levels of good. Exactly. Giannis is probably a better rebounder. He's a better passer. Uh, but Anthony Davis does have shooting, and he's been, you know, he started off the season a little slow from three, but, you know, in a decent sample size has been, you know, uh, just a pure shooter. He's a great at the line. I love that for my bigs. Yeah, you don't have to worry. You know, if he gets fouled around the rim, even if he misses a shot, you're getting your points. Yeah, one thing we didn't mention about Giannis is that his free throw percentage is terrible. Um, I mentioned 63%. that. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like it's gotten better. Like it's around hovering around seventy percent. Um, it's not now. great. It's not <laughs> great. But here's the thing, right? 
no crowds, no shaking things. I think free throw shooters are going to be better. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I like that about Giannis. Part of the reason why I put him at three, but yeah, Anthony Davis is just a monster. And you know, I, I didn't pick the Lakers to win the championship, but here I am putting two of them to yeah, the top four in t- top four. So, I mean, uh, what am I talking about really? <laughs> but right. you know, just, I just don't see a whole lot of, yeah. Anthony Davis. I love him. I love I like his it. game. Uh, makes use of Rondo, which is, Rondo is like probably only useful on like maybe two teams where, you know, passing to a guy who can literally catch a lob anywhere. Like yeah. He, like he throws it over the, yeah, he throws it over the logo at half court and Anthony Davis will like catch it and dunk it. So. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I like the LeBron AD matchup. It's actually been interesting. Um, Anthony Davis or LeBron James has had really good teammates over the, over the years. I obviously he's never had a LeBron and AD is just probably the one. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put 2011 Wade above Anthony Davis right now. I would too. Wade was a monster, but I mean, in terms of like positional yeah. um, duo, like this is insane. Yeah, he's never had a player like Anthony Davis in the sense of his position, his right. skill set, his size, you know, um, how he plays, and kind of like you know, they're both so such great physical specimens. Where I mean, it, you know, I agree with the 2011 Dwayne Wade thing. I think that he is because 2011 Dwayne Wade was an MVP style like kind of player. I mean, Anthony Davis is good. He's great. You know, he's in your top four. But mm-hmm. I don't know if he's necessarily been not any an MVP kind of, player. Yeah, no. And the, and the numbers when he's off the court, which I kind of worry about, the numbers where Anthony Davis is on the court and LeBron is off, yeah, they're not great. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's why I had Anthony Davis lower. But um, I'll say my number five now. Moving on to our now, well, we're kind of moving into the second half of our list here, where I think it's going to get a lot more uh, different. I think there'd be a little this more. This is where it's going to heat up, and I've already, I'm already seething at you, so. <laughs> Um, my number five now moving in is Damian is. Lillard. Um, Whoa. Yep. Damian Lillard. Um, so, you know, people, people love to forget about Damian. Whoa. He's a guy who's not even in the playoffs right now. Um, that's, that's an understatement. <laughs> um, <laughs> the ninth seed, they got a chance. Yeah. The ninth seed, they've lost 37 games this year. Really bad. But you know, we're not talking, we're not, we're not power ranking teams here. We're, we're talking about players, individual players in, in the sport of basketball, play for the National Basketball Association. And Damian Lillard to me is a top five player right now. Um, he just in general in life, you know, I mean, maybe not when everyone's healthy in the league, but right now heading to Disney, he's a top five player to me because I love him in the playoffs. Talking about someone who I don't have any reservations about in the playoffs. I, I have full faith. I've said it on a previous podcast here on Double Down Debates that I think the that the Blazers will make that eight seed. Um, they are a team that is veteran. They have Nurkic coming back. You know, now I'm just arguing for the Blazers, but Damian Lillard heading the heading the pack. CJ McCollum, a great number two. Um, Nurkic coming back. Melo now coming off the bench in a reserve role. I think doing some good things, some positive work for that team. I love Damian Lillard. He's an outstanding scorer. I think he gets his team more involved than people actually think. He has averaging 7.8 assists a game. He has the ball a lot, of course, but he averages about 29 points a game. He is fearless when it comes to the playoffs. You know, the the the, the send-off last year was that? Yeah, which yeah, last one? Year, last yeah, year against, which yeah. one, yeah. Last year against the Thunder was great. A few years back against the Rockets was fantastic. I mean, he's unreal when it comes to the playoffs. He's a guy where I think could maybe be negatively affected, actually, from the Disney thing. I think he loves the crowd. He feeds off of it. He's a loyal guy to um, – um, yeah, I Portland. really agree with that. Yeah. And he's just one of those guys where – you know he's going to show up every day. He's loyal to his team. He loves his team. He wants to win. He's itching to win, you know, more than I think some of these other guys. He's, he's a little more veteran. He's going to be 30 by the time the season starts. His birthday is on July 15th. Um, 
I just really, really love Damian Lillard. And he's a guy, I give him brownie points in my rankings, like I said at the beginning, for being the number one player on his team, unlike um, Anthony Davis, like we already, which you already mentioned. You know, I think he's a guy who's, he's the leader. He's the alpha. They are going to make the playoffs, I believe. And once he's in there, he's going to be one of the best players. You know, like he's talking about, you know, if you're planning against a team, it's like, ah, oh, crap, the Blazers are going to in a playoff series. Like, you have to worry about Damian Lillard every single night. He's not one of those guys that takes the game off. Um, yeah. he's, he's outstanding. He's fearless. So that's my take for him, number five. And looking at this, I, I, I firmly believe in it, looking at it right now. I, I don't see – and I, yeah, I, I like it. A um, couple things on the Blazers. Um, the wing depth is horrible. And <laughs> – they're one of the guys – they're one of the teams, I should say, that have really – that took a big hit when I think uh, Trevor Ariza, who I believe plays for them, uh, he decided yeah. not to go with them. And, you know, Ariza, for all he, you know, has been recently, mate, who's been, you know, kind of, you know, getting a little bit more washed as yeah. time goes on, is, is still, you know, a good wing defender and could, would be – would have been a critical piece of that since their wing – you know, their wing depth yeah. of three is just so bad. Yeah, and like I said, um, I'm not necessarily arguing that they're going to beat the Lakers in round one, but I'm just arguing right. that Lillard is one of those players that might push that to six, and he'd be the main reason for that. And I think the you know, despite reason leaving, I think the addition of Nurkic, Nurkic last time, I mean, he is was he in playing our, this season. He is. He's supposed to play, so he was actually going to come back, come back in mid March, and then the season got canceled. So he was he was ready to roll, and then the season got cut. So he should be, you know, he's got even more extra time to heal. Right. Um, he's a great player. Like, there's nothing, there's no doubt about it to me that Nurkic isn't like one of these players that won't show up or won't be a part of it. That they have Underrated a lot of bigs. Player. Underrated um, Hass- player. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and they, Hassan Whiteside, I'm not a fan. I'm a Heat fan, and I don't like the way he exited. I think he's an overrated player, but he's a good backup. You know, under Nurkic, he's a great backup. He's a big guy. Um, yeah. And Everyone think, hates Whiteside. Yeah, he's. I don't think he's even underrated anymore. He's just like. Yeah, no, he's overrated. Um, he's a backup. Don't just don't don't have him start, and you'll you'll probably be okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, they have Zach Collins coming back. I don't know. Not, not making this a Blazers thing. I just think Damian Lillard's one of those guys who you want to be your, like. He is a number one player on a good team. Um, probably not a championship team. Um, but I. I like them making the playoffs. I hope they do so we can kind of – I can show off my number five pick a bit more, not just in the eight games. Um, but I love it. I, I think Damian Lillard's a great, great player and a top five player hanging at Disney. I was prepared to argue for Damian Lillard. I, <laughs> you took That's me funny. so off guard. I'm not ready because I, I have him on my list. It's not quite here. Okay. Um, since January, he's been averaging, you know, 31 points, five, uh, five rebounds, eight assists. 47% from the field, 44 from three, 89 from the yep. free throw line. I'm telling 16. you, man. He, he has been absolutely incredible. Um, you know, he's always an amazing regular season player. He's a decent – he's such a unique playoff player where he'll like – you know, he'll, he'll almost look like, you know, like a, the best player in the league who's just like hitting these game winners. And no, stuff, yeah. Know. He's, um, you know, he's just been – you know, he's been OKC's pretty yeah. much end. He basically ended that – literally as they knew it yeah i just have a problem with i don't think he can carry it through a whole se- uh you know a whole playoff run yeah i was a little worried that when they were facing the nuggets um cj mccollum really became the best player on the floor 
there's a lot of times when when Damian Lillard can't get a shot off, he kind of disappears a little. Yeah, and and you know he he's such a great team guy, and I love franchise players like him. He's just so you know as you say, he's a hard worker. He loves his team. He loves his community. So he's yeah. willing to defer. I just don't know. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. There are some reservations with that. I would agree. I think a lot of it's kind of his physicality. He's not like an. He's not tremendous around the rim like some other like the guys ahead of him who are all yeah. fantastic around the rim. He needs some guys later on this list who are better. I just think heading into Disney in the playoffs, I love his mentality. He's veteran. He's been there before. Um, he's a guy right. who I don't think gets shaken by anything. Like if he's having an off game, it's not because of like um, the crowd or anything like yeah. that, or like or like a team or anyone inside of his head. You know, I don't think it's anything like that. It's always just like it's a personal thing. I always I always think a guy like there's plenty of guys like this. But with Damian Lillard, I don't think that any team really gets to him. He just might be having a, an off day, which happens. Um, so he's not a he top was, four player, but I think he's a top five player. He was great in the All-Star game team, too, yep. which for once was actually somewhat competitive. Oh. Not exactly when he got minutes, but I mean, yeah. he was still – he's always been a good player there, which you like to see kind of amongst yeah. at least, you know, All-Stars who are like somewhat trying. For sure. Um I just, you know, I just didn't, you know, I had him lower, not, not because he's worse, you know, not because he's like not, you know, not that good, but just because I think there's other players that are better. Um, at five, I had James Harden. Okay. Underneath Anthony Davis and Giannis, Kawhi and LeBron. That's so we don't, have the, we don't have to hark too much on James, on James Harden. Pretty much no. <laughs> talked him up a tree this, this podcast so far. But yeah, okay. Harden at five below Anthony Davis. So what was the mindset behind that, I guess? Because in my mind, well, obviously, I have James Harden at two, but um, I kind of a rewarding players for being the number one option, I guess. So what was mm-hmm. your – did you consider that – what was your thought process with, like, that kind of order right there in four and five? Well, I mean, to me, James Harden, he's just uh, just a better offensive player. He's gone farther in the playoffs just shouldering such a heavy load. I mean, really, James Harden, you know, if you surround Damian Lillard with, you know, not – you know, a lot of below-average players, you get what you kind of get now. You know, we're starting out. I mean, you put James Harden with a bunch of subpar players, he'll still make the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yep. You know, James Harden, just such an offensive monster in himself. Not even as a, you know, not as a player, but just as like an offensive game plan pretty much by himself. I can't yep. have that really low or below, even if he's not playing well right now. I can't really, I can't. Right I now. Can't have this that this right now stuff. Right now, as in three or four one, months ago. You don't know how he's gonna play. I'm when he comes back. using the I'm using the most recent sample size. Like if I, why would I use like average? I like from it. Like, I get it. But right now, you know, it's it's not. Exactly, I mean, like why would recent. I use averages for like literally almost a like <laughs> the most recent? Well, yeah, obviously. But listen, if I use like I'm not gonna include stats from like October because like you're right. You no, know, while we're I mean, if we're talking about pre like if we're talking about I mean we're talking about like playoff matchups and players going to the right. playoffs right now this would usually be a conversation in like march yeah so, like is play from october and november really relevant like right. literally at all anymore i yeah. don't think so so i exclude it so i, I get what you're you know, saying n- now you know when i use words like now right like, <laughs> most like, recent. obviously yeah most recent all right all right so my number six we're on a six now right mm-hmm. is anthony davis um there he is okay. so you know i had him Kind of what I just argued, I had Lillard ahead of him because of him being the number one option on his team. I love yeah. Anthony Davis. He's a monster. Like, he's playing better on the Lakers than I even thought he would. 
honestly, the Lakers in general are playing better than I thought they would with the addition of Anthony Davis. Like, they're, they were, I think, overperforming to a certain degree with the players on their team. I mean, mm-hmm. getting a guy like Dwight Howard to kind of have a resurgence and know his role is astounding. And you, you hear guys like Kuzma saying how their, um, their leadership on their team is just great. Like, it's, it's the best part of their team. That's why they're done so well is because they have guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis. And it's funny, you know, you, you forget how – I mean, LeBron, it just goes to show how, like, you know, ageless he is. But he's, he's um, eight years older than Anthony Davis. And it's crazy to me to think how, like, you know, probably in 2012 when they were off in the, on the USA um, – in the Olympics on the USA team together, like, Anthony Davis was just this young kid. And now I think maybe LeBron's, you know, he's taking, he loves Anthony Davis. He's in – Okay, also- okay. Take your fan fiction somewhere else. We're <laughs> done with the damn Lakers. <laughs> we're done. Anthony but, uh- Davis, great, awesome. I even had him above you. We're done. Can we talk about other players and teams? Please and thank you. Moving on. I was just saying the the culture. I've already – I've been been saying good things about the Lakers for like 30 more minutes than I want. Anthony Davis, number six. Tom had him at number four. We're moving on. We're Um, moving on. (laughs) Who is you, number six? I I need you to hold on to your seat, okay? All right. Please, please, I'm begging you, don't go wild. Okay. I have Luka Doncic. Yeah. <laughs> the boy. Luka, man. If it was my heart talking right now, I'd have number one. Listeners don't know me, obviously, but I not, you know, I don't want to say I'm not, I'm not a Luka fan because that's ridiculous. He's like, obviously, you know, he's an incredible player. Yep. Uh, just obviously. not, not fully in on the hype for me, Luka. Um, I've always had questions about, you know, just like, just like his athleticism, you know, he is actually not to use the generic term sneaky athletic, but you know, he does have this, you know, quick first step. He can't he get his shot off. Yeah, he is. I just worry about that deep in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Defense. But I mean, just the guy, just looking at the stats, like 28, nine and eight, almost a triple double. Yeah. The shooting was bad. Um, his shot selection was miserable, but I believe there were reports that he was injured. He was playing injured. I think it yeah. might've even been his hand. So I don't really, so he's one of the players I have probably higher than I usually would because I think, um, you know, he, he loves basketball. He's been playing basketball all his life. I think he's yeah. going to come back. He's going to come back in good shape. He's going to come back uh, less, you know, he's gonna, you know, in better shape. And, yeah. um, you know, not, he's going to be healthy. I um, hope so. Not a terrific three-point shooter. I don't like all the step backs he takes. So I think it's a good shot from him. I don't think it's great enough of a shot for such the volume he takes. Yeah. Especially he's such a great finisher around the rim. Granted, I think those numbers were a bit down, but he's still just so crafty when he's going to the rim around there. So I don't actually love the step back shot, the perimeter stuff with him. I think his shot's slow. But, um, you know, 45% from the field, 32 from three, 69%. Nice. From the free throw line. <laughs> uh, six, yeah. So, you know, as a guy, you know, uh, leading scorer, best player. Yeah, keep laughing, you little guy. Aren't you graduating? <laughs> um, best guy on the fifth seed, you know, better than, you know, better than a de- pretty decent amount of teams out there um, that are, you know, that people see as title contenders. So, yeah, yeah just not a lot for me. I think he's going to, I think he's going to come back better. Uh, yeah. You know, great team guy. Um, yeah, I mean, not a lot of arguments against Luca here. Yeah, so I had him number seven. Spoilers. Moving on to the next pick. This is kind I of how I can't believe I had Luca. 
I know. I love it. I love it. And the only reason, because you don't have Dame yet, which is surprising to me. Um, like I, I had Dame higher because of it, really experience. You know, I was kind of rating this as like a, um, a bit of a playoff metric. Like who, how are they going to perform in the playoffs? Luca, he's a, I mean, he's it's his second year in the league, and we have him in. You have him in your top six right now, and these players available, and my top seven. It's it's unreal, and he's a guy not to bash Trey Young all up and down. Oh, every day, here we go. Yeah, but- <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Just keep going. But I will say, he's a guy who puts up the stats and has the eye test, too, where I don't feel it with Trey Young as much. He has the stats, and I see it, and I'm like, what? Because then I watch him. I watch him live in person. He's playing the Magic, and I'm just like, ah, this guy. He does great things. I'm not making this a Trey Young thing, but he does great things, but he should play differently. His style, and Luka, to some degree, should, too. I think the step-back threes are a little too – he gets – um. He falls in love with it a bit too much, I think. And it's kind of like the young player um, thing that to work out, I think, to some degree. And almost him and Trey Young share that in some way, where Trey Young falls in love with thinking he's Steph Curry. And he makes one from, you know, 28 feet, and then he has to shoot four more and miss. And it's like, what are you doing, man? Just just um, dish, you know, pass and, and cut and make great passes. Because Trey Young's a great passer, and so is Luka Doncic. And I think it's something underrated as well about him. He's a fantastic passer. I wish he passed it more. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing his his you know his um, points down a bit uh, and his okay. his assists up. But Trey will... Young, you need to look at the potential assists, especially his team is he's already averaging like nine assists, like almost like like nine assists a mm. game. So I don't know what you know that's that's a that's an incredible amount, especially for a second year player. The team he has is bad, and. Yeah. I know he gets ripped for his defense. He's probably one of the worst defensive oh, players. He's not even league. a factor. He's not even a player on defense. This is not a bread. This is not. This is not a boasting point for Luca, who is not an amazing defensive player himself. No, no. Trey's bad, but I mean, he's a point guard. He's a second-year player. I don't see point guard defense as like make or break really yeah. as an all-star. I mean, I um, hate this. Oh, he's a starter on the all-star team. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah right. Well, fans have spoken. He wouldn't smell my top ten list. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, you're going to anyway. be out of my number seven. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he'd go to Disney. Because um, they can't win. Anyway, besides the point, Luca, he's a great player. He is, I think he's a player who, like I said, passes the eye test. You see him out there, you're like, oh my gosh, this guy's great. Like the other teams, they, um, they prepare for them. They always have the best player on him. He's not a guy who kind of shies away from it. He loves playing basketball, like you said. I think he's just this fantastic young spirit. He's so like... Um, happy go lucky. I wish he shot maybe some better shots. But he's 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 fierce too. You know he wants to be. He's a winner. He he wants to win, and you've seen that. Yes. He's in the playoffs. Yes. Um, he he was I mean, a winner he, at Real Madrid. Titles. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So um, you know, already a champion. You know, in professional leagues before. He's a he's a he's a veteran, even though he's already he's only what? What? How old is he? Like twenty one, twenty two? Um, so, I don't have yeah. it right in front of me. Anyway. Um, great player. He's fantastic around the rim. Talking about your like uh, what you were kind of saying earlier, you touched on it a bit. He's amazing around the rim. He's underrated around the rim. You see him put up these numbers, these these points, and you look at the three point percentage, and you think, mm-hmm. oh, like the stereotype of like a white European player is, oh, he's probably shooting you know a high percentage of threes and making a lot of those. But no, he right. doesn't really play like that. You know, um, he, he he likes to drive. He's creative. He he's a great finisher. He kind of reminds me. It's, it's a stupid comparison, but. Just the way he uses the backboard sometimes reminds me a little bit of Kyrie Irving, where he gets creative around there. Where they're not those yeah. those two players yeah. aren't like the most spectacularly athletic players that like cram at home every time. 
but they have to use the backboard and their leverage and kind of their angling. They use just like his angles sometimes are just amazing to me to watch where he'll be like off balance and all of a sudden the, it's just going in the, in the hoop. Um, so I, I love Luca as, as we know, and he's a, he's a great young player. And yeah. I, I like, I like him ahead of my, my final three on this list, not above Damian Lillard like you do, but um, I do think he is the best player on his team. They're a playoff team. And that is, that's speaking volumes for a second year player. Yeah. Um, and I just, I can't like, you know, you know, you know, listeners don't know like how I view players, but I just see, you know, if you're like leading a, a playoff team, I really, I really take that into consideration. Right. I, Damian Leonard, I think in any other situation probably would have been above. I just, the yep. team success is just not quite there for me. I understand um, it. Yeah. Um, especially since I think they're, you know, a lot of their schedule was a little bit easier uh, towards yeah. the back, back half of the thing. So uh, who's but, your number seven? Um, number, I really played around a lot with my ordering especially seven eight and nine i switched around a couple times yeah i ended up with nicole Jokic. wow now, okay. you have do we agree on someone oh <laughs> no <laughs> okay nicole Jokic really it's your, slow it's start your number eight no it's your number seven number seven no yeah. uh since january 23 11 and 7 56 32 81 63 percent from uh 63 true shooting yeah um this is something I really took into account uh, with the break. I think he's been looking surprisingly healthy um, yeah. and fit. Um, you right. know, now he's Corona. <laughs> so not really healthy. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, Hey, so he won't catch in the middle of the playoffs. That's something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I wish all players good, good health. Uh, anyway, but, uh, you know, someone who really plays himself into shape, he says himself that he likes, I think being a little bit heavier because it helps him around the basket. He likes playing physically. I love that in a player. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I harp on how I like two-way players. Nikola Jokic, not exactly known for that. But, you know, when it, when it comes to down to possessions, he's yeah. had so many game winners just back to the basket with these ridiculously awkward flip shops around that always go in. Yeah. Um, incredible. Had an amazing postseason uh, last season. Not exactly against the best competition like he may see this year, but I think he, I think is someone who um, – you know, yeah. he's, again, best player on a really good third seed in the West. I just right. I can't see his teammates aren't exactly like incredible. Michael Porter Jr. was turning it on, I guess. Yeah. Um, Jamal yeah. Murray really not living up to his contract, at least still young. Yeah. Gary Harris falling off a cliff, at least offensively. Um, yeah. So, you know, not an incredible team, but he just he's a focal point of a system that is just incredibly successful. Yeah. And I find that really valuable. Yeah, I like it. Um, Jokic is great. Um, I'm curious to see when he comes back, hopefully, you know, happy and healthy whenever the season starts up again. Um, well, July, July 30th. But um, I'm curious to see with him looking like he lost weight, if that'll affect this game. Um, I'm not sure if it'll be positively or negatively. I'm almost leaning negatively just watching him play. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, to, he just kind of uses his mass typically just as almost like to get him on a certain level of, of mm-hmm. like, large NBA players just kind of like give himself like that kind of status and then work his like his wonder magic from there because he is a very skilled player um he, he's he, he, unbelievably he like, can, yeah my biggest thing is that if he can stick with plays you know in transition and stuff because mm-hmm. he has problems with that sometimes because like you know once it if he's in position under the rim he's not terrible this is not a guy who just like 
gives up easy buckets like yeah. in these canters. I think like he he knows where to be. He knows how to defend shots. Maybe not the best shot blocker or anything, but he knows where to be. I think it's a little underrated his um or yeah a little overrated how bad he is on defense. I think a lot of problems with that comes with like the fact that he's like like a lumbering like yeah <laughs> like a lumbering like I don't even know woolly mammoth or something like <laughs> running down the court yeah. So maybe this newfound fitness of his will enable him to stay with plays more and stuff for maybe. teams that play fast. Yeah. I like um, Jokic. Um, so that was what, your number eight? Seven. Seven, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's the order okay. we're going in. All right, let's go. What's your number eight? My number eight is Paul George. Um, yes, we agree. I have oh, Paul have, George. You have Paul George number eight? Yeah. Wow, okay. That's like the one we agree on, I think. Wow, um, it's the only one. No, no, we had LeBron at one. I don't, well, yeah, that that's like a given. <laughs> I thought you were gonna have Giannis there. Not gonna lie, I thought it was gonna be immediate. Come Giannis on, <laughs> I love Giannis. I love small market teams. Yeah, I know you do exactly. I exactly. but come on, he's not better than LeBron. <laughs> okay, I mean, hey, you're preaching to the choir. He yeah, was better I, in the regular season, I think. But I mean, if we're talking about like playoffs and stuff, right? Like we said, we're framing this going into Disney World in in July and August. So I have Paul George at eight. Um, I think he is. He hasn't played much. I mean, he's he's played much, but he's had a lot of games off this season. He's been injured. Yeah. Um, 42 mm-hmm. games played so far, which is like nearly half of a full NBA season. He'll have eight more, theoretically, before the playoffs start. His numbers aren't fantastic. 21 a game. Um, no. 5.7 rebounds, 3.9 assists. That's total. I know you probably have like the, the more recent stats and everything like that. But yep. he's still his, – I love his percentages. Um, nearly 40 from three. Um, nearly 90 uh, free throw percentage. And yeah. the thing is, talk about a guy who passes the eye test, man. Like, you know when Paul George is out there and playing his best. He could be – I mean, he, he's a guy, like we said earlier, with um, Damian Lillard, where if he's on, he just looks like one of the best players in the NBA, if not the best. Um, he's one of those guys that has the potential to reach there, which is, I think, why I have him on my list for sure. But he's not always there. He's the second-best player on his team, which I took into account for sure. Um, but he is one of these guys who – can be great defensively, you know. I mean, talking about a, a great Incredible. wing defender. Um, like, I think probably what you've said before, you're like how you give out points a little bit is, you know, being able to play on both sides of the ball. Paul George definitely fits that. You know, I think sometimes his defense makes him be a little weaker on offense and kind of can overshadow it a bit where he doesn't really um, – you, you don't notice him as much as offense. He doesn't – he's not that proficient of a score. I mean, career-wise, 9.9 um, – 19.9 points per game, which isn't fantastic comparatively to other – some other guys 21 a game this season so he's an amazing score <laughs> yeah he, don't let he, the numbers fool you exactly that's what i'm saying he's an eye test kind of guy you go out there and watch him and it's like oh man like this guy is yeah. a problem you know just straight up a problem he's on a great team i think you know this year is kind of weird with him because he hasn't quite had the chance to really the clippers in general haven't had quite the chance to really meld as well they, as maybe some yeah. other teams like the bucks really or been, the yeah. lakers They've really um, been feeling themselves out. And just a credit to the Lakers for, like, you know, year one, they're just, like, incredible. I think, yeah. like, you know, because LeBron's a genius and he knows where to be. He knows how to find his guys. He knows such a dominant leader. Yeah. Uh, Clippers are really feeling themselves out. You know, Paul George, who, you know, this is someone who's probably on this list is going to definitely most, um, you know, benefit from this, uh, from this, from this time off, I yeah. believe. I, I would I would agree, um, and I think he could be a guy who I don't know if my theory will be you know will we'll go into play with him at all. But he is a guy who hasn't had tremendous um, playoff success, you know, in at least more recent times when there's almost been a little more pressure on him. 
Whereas in back in the day when he was fighting, you know, with um, LeBron and when he was on the Heat, um, he, right. was on the, he was a young player on the Pacers. He was like, oh, this young up and coming Paul George. Like, you know, there was no, there was no pressure there. All the pressure was on LeBron and D-Wade and um, the Heat to win. And it was just like, you know, Paul George was playing like he had nothing to lose. And in recent years, he's been, you know, he's been in situations where he has played with, you know, um, Russell Westbrook and been on these teams where there is pressure there. And he hasn't really necessarily played his best ball. No. But I still think he's a player. I have him at number eight because just just flat out skill-wise, looking at the rest of the pool here, it's like no one's better than Paul George, I think. No, like no, no one later yeah. on my list or even like maybe some honorable mentions are any better than Paul George. So um, why'd you yeah. have him at eight? I mean, I mean, when it comes to the thing, in terms of like peaks, recently he was like an MVP candidate two years ago. I think he exactly. can still get to that level when he's healthy. Um, just an incredible shot creator from anywhere when it comes to the three, the mid-range. I, I love that in the player. I think defensively he's like, you know, at times he can be almost as good as Kawhi Leonard himself, yeah. who's on his team. You know, um, the stats recently, very small sample size, 17 games when it comes to January. 17, you know, 17, 5, and 4. The splits are really good, though. 45, 43% from 3, 82. Yeah. Above he's, a, he's an efficient player. He's an efficient player. He just, you know, I think that the most recent uh, playoff problems he's had against my beloved Jazz, Donovan <laughs> Mitchell, is so going to be on my list. Leave me alone. No, he's not. But, <laughs> I was going to say, it's not on my list. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of that's the fact that he, you know, those Thunder teams were very poorly constructed um i don't think him and westbrook were an amazing fit no i agree um yeah and i think just something about the coaching maybe with westbrook westbrook wasn't in the best place so paul george kind of um i have a prediction i predict that our nine and ten players neither of them are the same i bet well i mean statistically it's not going to be because like you already know that because i have yet to say damian lillard (laughs) uh is number nine damian lillard yes number nine is damian lillard so we don't why damian nine um you know just someone you know i really had a hard time i originally had him at seven and like Nikola Jokic at like um like eight and then like paul george at nine or like paul george at eight or nine because i really kind of like was cautious about putting paul george really high right like too high because you know the time off and the stuff and his like limited play time and his just like his point just you know like how his output of points and stuff wasn't quite what he used to be but i just think as a prime paul george is someone like Oh, what's that? You had you have to guard Paul George. Like you have to guard Paul George. That's a nightmare. Oh wait, yeah. you're being guarded by Paul George. That's also a nightmare. Yeah. Um, I think he's someone with the right team. I think he can really, especially with the load off of him when it comes to scoring and shooting. I think he's going to really be solid, healthy, especially th- through deep playoff run. I don't think that same way about Damian Lillard. He's going to have such a Damian Lillard's just going to have such a hard go of it um, in these games. He's just got so much pressure on him, and that's not going to get any better with you know his team yeah. structure. Maybe Nurkic is back, back even if he's 100%. The load is still going to be terrible for Damian Lillard, I think. Just not going to be winning basketball, I don't think. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that I had to put Damian Lillard so low. I think he's an incredible player. I yeah. just don't see, even if he gets into the playoffs, I don't think he's a player that – I probably should have had him higher. I just – I believe in the potential of ball, Paul George more than Damian Lillard. And that's yeah. probably, you know, and I hate saying stuff like that because it really is. But I just, I would rather bank on a really like elite wing than an elite guard. It's just how the NBA is now. Gotcha. You know, one is six nine and one is like 
what six three and yeah, not if even yeah yeah so for sure um yeah i mean i i understand your point i i just think i mean not to hard back too much on my dame pick but i i just think he's just one of those outstanding players who someone like paul george like i just said could look like one of the players who's the best in the league at times for like a, for a stretch and is fearless in the playoffs and i just think he's going to be outstanding when it comes to these disney games he's he's chewing the bit for a championship um best player on his team had has had a bad season like the, the, their team has had a bad season you know but they they could yeah. redeem themselves right here they had the opportunity to do so and i think they will um so yeah moving on to my number yeah. nine yeah hit me bradley beal um a guy who is <sighs> on an atrocious team absolutely <sighs> atrocious stink bag of a team he's only 26 years old he almost seems like he should be older for the way we talk about him but he's only 26 he hasn't had his buddy, his partner in crime, John Wall, around for a, like a long time, nearly two seasons because um, of his the torn Achilles injury. John Wall will not be returning for, um, to Disney. He will not you know, finish out the season. He will be waiting for the 2021, yeah, the 2020-2021 season. Bradley Beal, um, not a big stats guy. I'm not, I'm saying, but he is. Um, 30 points a game, 30.5. His efficiency um, – 45.5 from the field, 35.3 from three, 84 free throw percentage. And he's just a guy who, in my opinion, he shouldn't even be a, a one, a, a first option on a great team. Like if he was on an, on an NBA team, like a, a championship kind of team, he would be a second option. And he's just a yeah. guy who's been just, I'm just balling every night. I mean, 57 games played pretty much. Every, I mean, probably all of, I don't even know how much it's hard to say right now because I don't know how many each team played, but most of the games, comes in comes out has a good attitude about it is a guy who's just a baller puts up points is pretty efficient compared to other guys that we've mentioned on this list um not you know he's they probably won't he probably play eight games and be out of disney but i just think going in there he i couldn't leave him off my list because i think he is the ninth best player going there just flat out i wish he was on a better team aka maybe the heat but i don't like then again i'm a heat fan i don't like any of the possible trades for him so Scratch that, really. With all, with all due respect, no, <laughs> like, no. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I don't understand the Trey Young slander, and then you put Bradley Beal nine. This guy underrated. Like, since January, like 34 percent, or I'm sorry, 34 points a game. Yep. You know, 47 percent from the field. Yeah. Like almost 40 percent from three. Absolutely ridiculous numbers. Yeah. You know, a lot of point, an incredible, an incredible offensive player that's on a horrific team, and he's not producing anything. I put him on the, not quite. I think he's better, but on, hey. uh, you know, maybe an under, an underspoken about thing about Bradley Beal is that he is, you know, if Trey Young is the worst guard defender in the league, Bradley Beal is a very close <laughs> second. He has played no defense this entire season, right? And I don't. You know, the percentages are a bit more nice, but I just don't understand why, you know, this is not a top, you know, a top nine guy would at least be able to get them sniffing at the playoffs. Well, Bradley Beal wasn't a a starter on the all-star team. You know, he doesn't. He wasn't an all-star at all. Exactly. (laughs) Where is that? What's the what's the deal with that? I mean, he's a great player. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Trey Young, when you're like comparing them to it's the hype and like the the placebo that we're all like, it, it, I don't know what's going on with Trey young where we think he's this like, um, you know, MVP kind of player. He's not. And, and Bradley no Beal- one thinks Trey. Okay. David, David, 
<laughs> sit down. Sit down. No one thinks in their right mind thinks Trey Young is an MVP player. Well, well, they're we creeping all... that direction. They're creeping that direction. You know, no, a starter they're on not. the All-Star Relax. team. Heck no, man. Come on. It's a starter a... on the All-Star team. It's a fan vote. What do you want? <laughs> I don't like it's it. It's a fan vote. Hey, <laughs> listen, in the record books, in the history books, it's going to look the same as just a normal All-Star, <laughs> which I'm not butthurt that Trey Young was. And I'll say the Wizards are at least getting an invitation to Orlando. The Hawks aren't. They're um, not going anywhere. And the <laughs> Wizards, <laughs> Davis Bertons was like, no, <laughs> this is going, this guy is going nowhere. But who cares? Bradley Beal is a great player. He's a lot better than Trey Young. I mean, I definitely want Bradley Beal on my team more than Trey Young all day, like every day of the week. Um, so he, he do you could, have Bradley Beal better than Nikola Jokic? I do. I do. How? Nikola Jokic <laughs> is a number one Best player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, second seed in the West. I may have slept uh, on Jokic. I don't know. I, I, I guess I was kind of low on him with him losing weight. I don't. I don't know. I don't buy the Nuggets at all. I mean, obviously, I don't buy the Wizards. But I just think Bradley Beal as a player is one of these guys who it's like, it has suddenly gotten like overshadowed and overlooked, and it's like, holy crap, he's averaging thirty a game. That's not overlooked. To snip at. Overlooked. Agreed. Yeah. All star. Definitely an all star player. Not, yeah. maybe not selected, not a top 10 player. Well, I'm okay. sorry. Well, I guess maybe those if things his impact factored in. on the team. If his impact on the team was of a top 10 player of someone like James Harden, no, right. that's not a fair comparison. Someone at least of Damian Lillard, okay. who's maybe a similar thing. You know, Damian yeah. Lillard is a ninth player with like little to nothing on his team. Yeah. With lots of injuries. If you put Bradley Beal on the trailblazers, there's no way they're sniffing even ninth. Yeah, I mean, that's my thing with Bradley Beal, though. Like, his stats look great right now. He's still efficient. You know, he's not a guy who has, like, bad efficiency percentages, um, even though he's on a bad team who could he could be hoisting up a lot of terrible shots. Um, you know, but in my opinion, he, he should be probably a number two on a good team, but he is the number one right and now. And that's the thing, right? L- listen, look at the rest of our team. Look yep. at the rest of this list. Everyone is either the number one option on their team, or if they're not, in the case of Paul George, are, like, defensive player of the year level like anthony davis yeah and anthony davis when they're like you know when they're really on and going right bradley beals none of those things he shouldn't be a number one option he's not a good <laughs> defender he's, a, he's a great player man he's and he's an overlooked he's player player i think he is going Jokic. into this like I, I i was looking at the other people i mean maybe Jokic. um maybe i i wicked on him a bit but still like um Jokic, a, two-time defensive player of the year rudy gobert no, someone you have. not Gobert. Nah, man, not Gobert. Back-to-back defensive player of the year, man. <laughs> just saying. All right, what are we on now? Are you on nine or? Just give me your 10 and shut up. <laughs> I'm done with you. I'm ready for this to be over. Please just don't kill me with this. <laughs> Who's your nine? Damian Lillard. Oh, okay, never mind. Oh, I'm, I'm trolling. Yeah, okay, yeah. so we're on, we're on 10 now. Yep, give me your 10. Just <laughs> let me get out of here. Just don't, don't piss me off any more than you have. And just give me are you your right, 10. Are you, are you ready for this? You might need to strap Please in. Don't. I'm, I'm loving, I can't wait to hear your reaction. Um, Please. I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Jokic. Um, yeah, I, I know, I'm very well aware. It's Chris Paul. I don't hate it. Okay. I you actually don't hate, don't hate it. it. Okay. I actually, I don't, I, I, it's not a bad pick. Chris Paul having a resurgence of a year yep. was traded from, was traded from the Houston because James Harden was a crybaby and then proceeded to be <laughs> to lead a team better than James Harden. 
<laughs> yeah, just, some would just, argue. Just some, you know, just a perfect point guard. Just amazing defender, even at his age. Good shooter. Incredibly good clutch player this season. Yeah. Um, just leading such a young team. You know, I had in the beginning, I thought I thought they were going to not quite a lottery team. I thought they were going to be like, you know, ninth or tenth maybe. I was a little worried about the whole Shea and Chris Paul thing. I think Shea should have probably been like a point guard, but the way they've meshed together, the way Chris Paul's yeah. been like tutoring Shea, I think is amazing. I agree. Chris Paul maybe not known as like, you know, like a heartwarming, loving team right. member. Yeah. At some point. He's just doing such an incredible job. It's like yeah. he's been in it's like he's been in OKC for twenty years and he's only been there for half a season. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Um, I agree. An, Thank you for stating the case because I agree with everything you just said. Um he's an, yeah, he's an incredible player, and I totally get that. Fifth seed too. Yeah, fifth seed. Um, you know, overperforming, I would say. His stats don't necessarily they don't pop out on a on a um they are list. as real of stats as you can get, man. They are <laughs> they are exactly like, yeah. They're amazing. He's a point guard, man. He is a point guard, and he's been a great leader. I think that's been the big thing. And, you know, crunch time of the All-Star game. Crunch time of the All-Star game. Yes. <laughs> crunch time of the All-Star Paul George is out there, man. Like he – or not Paul George. Chris Rick, Paul. Um, you take. <laughs> like, like, I mean, Chris Paul is a guy who – he's just a fantastic player. He is a guy you can rely on um, day in and day out, especially on this Thunder team. They've been a team that needs that leadership. They're younger. Um, they, they're, I mean, they're an underrated team. They actually formulated a pretty decent team going into the season. They're not going to win anything, you know. They'll, they'll be in the playoffs. They'll be in the mix. But I don't think that they could surprise someone. We don't know. But he's been the driving force behind this kind of, um, this, this kind of, kind of fun to root for Thunder team that's kind of um, gelled with a lot of kind of, I'd say maybe some overlooked, underrated players, some degree like Gallinari, Steven Adams, um, even Shea to some degree who got shipped off. Um, from the Clippers, which I think, I think um, he could be fantastic. But uh, anyway, I just think Chris Paul. I was looking at the list, and I had some others. I, I'm, I'll throw out some um, mm-hmm. honorable mentions after you say your ten. But I just was like, you know what? I do thought it. about we'll the All Star game. Yeah, honorable mentions. It. Yeah. Well, first, uh, yeah, with Chris Paul, the only thing I didn't have him on my list. Um, I admittedly I didn't really think of him too much, but I. The thing is that, you know, this guy has a long history of being injured in the playoffs. Yep. And, um, I mean, that, that's not fair. I, I mean, mean, best players you... going into it, he, he's probably – he's definitely at least an honorable mention. He is definitely around that point. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I would I would say – I mean, what was it, two years ago, th- two, three years ago, um, when they were playing the Warriors. They were up 3-1 on the Warriors. Or was it two – I forget. Maybe they're up three, two on the Warriors. And Chris Ball pulled his hamstring and was out the next two games. Yeah. And, the, and they blew it. And it yeah. was like, if he had played in those games, they would have knocked out the KD Warriors. Like, that was the Most difference likely. in that Rockets team, um, mm-hmm. which, is, which is unbelievable when you think about it. Like, that Rock, that Warriors team should have been unbeatable. Um, but the they, Rockets they, all... Take it a step further. If he didn't get injured, or if he got injured one game later, they have a ring. Yeah. Because no. they would have they beat that Cavs team. Probably. Um, probably. And, that, and at least that, that series probably would have been better than what we got out of Warriors-Cavs that season. So, I mean, he's a guy who has – he has the history. I don't, I don't know the whole, the whole arm injury. Like, oh, you beat me, you swept me, but my arm's injured. That was pretty great. As someone who begrudgingly likes and appreciates LeBron. Yeah, that was the twenty-eight. Was that twenty eighteen? That that yeah. that was the season. Yeah. Um. Well. Well, I mean, the the game one 2018 finals was maybe the best performance ever by an NBA player by LeBron in a losing effort. But anyway. Um. Yeah, Chris Paul. 
I think he's my number 10. Rounds out the top 10. Tom, who's your number top 10? Number top 10. Yep. It's getting late. I had, I had a hard time with 10. Um, yeah. Me too. Me too. And honestly, God, can I guess who yours is? Can I steal your pick? <laughs> I don't know. I think I might like your give, – give me some honorable mentions. For me, um, this. so my honorable mentions in no particular order, I would say Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. um, obviously Nikola Jokic, Russell Westbrook, Pascal Siakam, Joel Embiid. Those would be kind of my top list. And maybe Donovan Mitchell if I'm feeling lucky. And, and Jimmy Butler. Uh, Rudy Gobert is better than Donovan Mitchell. Come on, slap slap yourself so. I mean, Donovan's Donovan Mitchell. I gotta say, like once in Don, I love Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's great. Yeah, you're a jazz um, fan. I'm a jazz fan. <laughs> Who lives in Florida? Ever heard of me? Probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, my my guy was in your list. I went with Joel Embiid at ten. You went with Embiid. Okay, okay. I so, thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna go with Russ. That's what I, that was my guess. No, you're talking I, him up so much earlier. Not a don't trust him in the playoffs. Right. Never had, never will. I think I, I think that I think he'll play well in the playoffs. I think just unfortunately his style of play, if it's really working, just isn't gonna win a lot of playoff games. Uh, like, yeah, I just I don't see it there. For Joel Embiid, this is someone who I might have had higher, but I'm really, you know, we talk about we talked about how the break could influence players. Yeah. Um, mostly we've been talking about it in a positive light with like Loge management, like Paul George and like James Harden and stuff like that. Joel Embiid is someone I could really see getting really negatively impacted by this break. Cause yeah. this is a guy who I don't think this is, I don't think he has like a tough training regimen for his body. I don't think he treats it as well as he should. Yeah. I could really see him coming back out of shape. That'd be um, really bad. That would be really, really bad. Because um, I mean, this guy, when he is on, when he oh, yeah. when he is angry, when he is like in in his element, when the team's working with him, which I don't think it is, like this team is poorly suited for Joel Embiid as it is Ben Simmons. Yeah. But Joel Embiid, I mean, this guy is still I mean, recently he was playing well in January. I mean, for the games he played, 23, 23 and eleven, three assists. 47% from the field. He's never been above really 50% that much from, from um, the field. But this is a guy who takes a decent amount of long-range shots. Probably shouldn't. He's been shooting it well recently at 37%. But, yeah. you know, this is a guy around the rim who's cra- he's crafty. He's got good footwork. Even if he's not making shots, he's, like, drawing fouls. Yeah. Which is, you know, something, you know. I, mean, I, I like yeah. when centers draw fouls around the rim a bit more in the playoffs, more than, like, perimeter players. So I don't hold that again. He's also an incredible – a great free throw shooter for his position. So that's good on him. It's just someone yeah. who, yeah, when he gets into the playoffs, I like I how you're, you're potential. you picked yeah. Embiid and I kind of like, eh, you're not yeah, really well, talking you came up. at me with that awesome Chris Paul pick and now I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I mean, cause like, here's the thing, like when Joel Embiid is like, when he's playing like Embiid, when he's having his best game, he's playing better than Chris Paul at his best game this season if that makes I agree. sense yeah Embiid it's, has the highest ceiling of any of these guys you know um he, he's one of the I mean we've seen it before where around like the he, bottom of this list yeah yeah I, yeah no I, I was you know the guys we're kind of discussing right now in, in comparison where it's like him being at 10 if he was if he was always healthy and playing his potential he'd be top six top five he'd be top five on my list probably if he was always playing the potential because it's there you know he he's unstoppable mm-hmm. it's one of those like 
Giannis type things where he can just be so large and so skilled down low where it's like, you can't stop the guy, but it's not always there. He takes too many jumpers. Um, I agree. I, definitely yeah. honorable mention, probably Way too many jumpers. 11, 12 for me. I probably have Jokic 11, maybe MB 12 if I had off the top of my head, but right. yeah, I agree with you. Um, I like the pick though. Like, I mean, I know my Chris Paul pick, but I like it skill wise. It's hard to argue, mm-hmm. you know, like he's a guy and, and ceiling wise. We don't know. Like you said, It'd be bad if he comes back out of shape, but who knows? Maybe he'll come back in shape. We really haven't heard much out of Joel Embiid recently. Um, yeah. We know his, his teammate Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we've seen Ben Simmons in the gym with, like, LeBron lately and stuff where um, – he, but he's a guy who likes – he just loves to get runs in and stays in shape and um, maybe seems to take, take himself a little more seriously than Embiid sometimes, which is somewhat unfortunate because I think Embiid has a higher ceiling than Ben Simmons. Yeah, he does. There's not a lot of debate there. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not really big on Ben Simmons. I am. Uh, I think his. I think he. I think Ben Simmons is. He's kind of. I don't know. He, a different team would be nice <laughs> for sure. Um, he, he. If he was in a situation around shooters and not this weird, not you know, not I, uh, I a juggernaut that. of a big guy. I hear that thing all the time, surrounded by shooters, but who wouldn't be better around shooters? Like you right. know, sometimes. I mean, the Sixers have done a horrific job. I mean, like, that fun, what was it, 2018 team with, like, Marco Bellinelli and, like, JJ Redick and stuff like that. Yeah. All those great shooters, that was fun. But, he, um, yeah. They were just young there, which was unfortunate. But, yeah, yeah to shoot Tobias Harris, an improved three-point shooter, I don't love it. Yeah, um, he's had a, a bit of a down year for the contract he was given. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, that, that – <laughs> I mean, he's not even touching my honorable mentions, so. I don't like the Sixers. I've never had them even as championship contenders, which I If they can figure it out, I like them. And I, I, I've said in the podcast before, it was um, one of the most recent podcasts, that I kind of like them going into this – like, if I had to choose a team, um, you know, who, who could surprise people, it would be the Sixers because they are the sixth seed right now. And they have the skill – they have the personnel the talent. Yeah. They it, have doesn't, the talent. it doesn't necessarily mesh well, but if it magically did and, 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 you know, in Walt Disney world, that's where the magic happens. So um, if it magically did, then we could, then they can make a run. Cause I think, like you said earlier, they were built to beat the bucks other than, better mm. than other teams, especially a guy like, like the heat or the Celtics or the Pacers. I don't really see them um, really, really giving the bucks a really no. fair fight. Yeah. Um, they'll be, yeah. They'll beat the Pacers who they're matched up with. No, they're matched up with the Celtics. Ooh, yeah. What they? Man. But who knows? What that'll probably change. Um, they're tied right now at the Pacers, so who knows? But they'll they'll be yeah. around that area for sure. Um, yeah. Here's my thing about the Sixers, and this is the point. I think it's really applicable to the point you made about um Damian Lillard about how he feeds up the crowd. That Sixers team needs the Sixers crowd. Yeah, they're great and it from shows home. Their, and twenty nine and two. Uh, yeah, but their away record was abysmal for what mm-hmm. should be a, a championship contender, and I don't love that going into. Um, I don't love that going into the bubble where yeah. I think they really feed off the crowd because yeah. those, mean, those Sixer fans are nuts. That's why yeah. I hate them. <laughs> yeah, I mean we'll see. They were they were a crazy Kawhi, um, unbelievable jumper last year. Love you, Sixers fans. <laughs> crazy bastards. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we'll see how they're affected but, in, yeah. and beat in the in the bubble. Um, but yeah. yeah, and my thing about, you know, my thing about Embiid is even if he's not playing great on offense, he's still going to be, you know, really, really, really good defense. So Yeah, you would hope. Um, we're just going to hope that he's not completely out of shape and has let himself go. Um, but yeah, that does it. That is our top 10 list heading into the NBA's resumption of the season at Disney World. Um, Tom, this has been fun. 
Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man.